Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance. Welcome everyone to the next installment of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your host Brian and Peter and this is episode 21 and we are going to be talking about digestive health in horses, our top five tips for better digestive health. And these tips are used before even reaching for a digestive supplement and wasting your money on on them. So, how are you, Peter? Brian, I'm, I'm well and I'm wet today. It's, it's absolutely bucketing down. And just one point I'd like to make, I hope these tips you're about to give out today are better than the tips you've been giving me on horses that I've been losing for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> so let's just make sure our listeners are happy with your tips, okay? <laughs> <laughs> There's no guarantee. <laughs> We're just joking, everyone, so. <laughs> Um, but very important topic today. We, we get a lot of questions on, on email, phone call, even through messenger, you know, about digestive supplements, when to use them, when not to use them, you know, like, is my diet able to fix a problem? So five quick tips today just to, just to address the most common questions that we get asked and, and just hopefully maybe put a bit of light on a few of these um, issues that, that occur regularly. Yeah, so before we, we get into those tips and we'll sort of deep dive into each one of them, Let's try and understand the horse's whole digestive system process. So it's basically from the mouth to manure, if we put it bluntly. So, bluntly, yeah, yeah. So for the manure to form, how long does it stay in the horse or how the horse digests it? And this process can happen between 36 to 72 hours. So the, the manure you see at, the, at that end process of digestion it could have been fed to the horse 72 hours ago. That's a long process and you know, there's a lot of reactions whether it's, you know, there's hormones involved, there's digestive reaction, there's saliva involved. So that's a whole process that it has to go through and it is very intriguing how, you know, how that does progress along and, and hopefully we can put a few of the, you know, a few of the missed to bed today as well about digestion. Yeah, it, the reason for that long process also is due to the whole digestive tract length in the horse, it's all sort of curled up in there, but if you stretched it out from end to end, it'd be over 30 meters, and that's that's amazing. These these animals are, are truly one of a kind. It's and a work of nature. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So when we look at how a horse digests their food, one important fact of digestion is starting right back at the mouth and their teeth condition. So really regular maintenance of their dental work um, is a must, and for them to, to chew properly and sort of grind, have that grinding action um, so that their feed is chewed or their roughage is, is chewed properly is, is really important. Yeah, so if our, if our listeners obviously looking to invest in a, in a very good dentist. So passing through the horse's mouth and then going down the esophagus, one other interesting fact about this is that food can only go down one way and it can't come back up. So a horse cannot vomit their food up and they must pass it through their whole whole system or whole track. So that's where getting those teeth right so then everything is, is coming through the esophagus in a nice sort of way so there's no blockage for choke, etc. Brian, it's very well explained. Um, I think let's kick off with the, with the five tips. What's the first one that, that, you, um, that you want to address first? Yeah, so the first one is for optimum digestive health, is feeding enough roughage. Look, we sound like a broken record most of these podcasts in terms of, you know, horses, 
should be at least one to 1.5% of their the roughage in, in pasture or hay. And it is something that we're gonna keep sounding like a broken record, but that's the foundation of any, of any horse diet. So just to summarize it briefly, look, it's the most basic approach towards keeping your horse healthy, you know, is basically realizing that they're trickle feeders. And what this means is that, you know, they require, you know, that they require continuous supply of small amounts of roughage. Of course, in the in the natural settings, you know, we'll virtually graze sort of all day, all night, um, resting for approximately two hours a day, and, and then obviously the rest they'll be eating again. It's a very important concept to understand because horses in a digestive system needs to have food flowing through it most of the time, which is what Brian just covered. And in order to avoid digestive problems, which we're going to address today, you know, horses' stomachs, they're not like our own. And what that means is that they produce acid continually. Um, and if a horse constantly goes out for more than three hours without anything to graze on, that excess acid can produce ulcers as well as diarrhea, you know, behavioral problems, um, and even colic to a degree. Yeah, eating plenty of roughage, your horse is gonna generate a lot of saliva. So the research into it is up to 30 to 40 liters of saliva can be produced in a 24 hour period. And that's, that's massive to the amount of acid like or counteracting the amount of acid that, that is in the stomach rising, that buffer is just gonna have a, a positive effect in that gastric health. And with that unprotected layer in the stomach, which is prone to ulcers, if, it, if the saliva is neutralizing that stomach acid in a natural way from eating all the roughage, then you're gonna reduce that risk of gastric ulcers. Brian, very well said. I'd like to add just one more point um, on top of the you know the saliva you just mentioned so basically chewing produces saliva as we all as we all know which acts as a natural antacid which you mentioned so if a horse has no hay or pasture you know he will chew on anything he can he, you know he can create um, some horses will start to eat their own manure as disgusting as it sounds um, but that you know that's caused from from lack of roughage basically you know not eating is very stressful for the horse you know which results in in secretion of stress related hormones these hormones promote fat storage, you know, so putting an overweight horse on a diet, so-called, you know, by reducing the hay, you know, consumption actually works in reverse. It promotes more weight gain. You know, in addition, you know, the, re you know, the reduction of forage availability will, you know, will make his metabolic rate slow down, causing calories to be burnt at a, at a much slower rate, and this too results in weight gain. It's so beneficial for the horse's mental health and physical health. And digestive health so it's it's all it's going to hit all those points that Peter's outlined and more so in that whole stomach it can the stomach's uh, size is around seven to nine liters in volume but this probably brings it to the next digestive health tip and that's feeding small meals or also limiting large meals of grains starches and sugars so there's a misconception, obviously, in the industry that, especially probably more so with, with performance horses, you know, on the back of the bags, they say, we'll break the meals up into two or three or even four meals per day. And why that's the concept is because a lot of those commercial feeds are grain-based. So you have, to, you have to feed three or four meals to not feed a maximum of 2.2 kilograms of grain in any one sitting, where what we advocate is, you know, having a diet higher in fiber, much higher in fat, where yeah, it's ideal to feed two meals, but if, if for some reason some of our listeners couldn't feed twice a day, and they've got a horse out on a you know on a property that they can only get fed once a day, feeding a lot of fat, a lot of fibre, you know that's balanced, 
you will be able to get away with feeding you know one meal per day so that's reason why why we can do it and a lot of other sort of feed companies or, or feed products advocate feeding two or three or four meals per day yeah the horses are trickle feeders in a sense so the smaller small feeds are good even for like the small intestine and the best chance of it digesting it and absorption. The small intestine, it digests and absorbs fats, proteins, sugars and starch, starches. So after the stomach, the stomach holds the food for about 15 minutes and it, it, like, it keeps it in there just for the digestion process to break down the proteins. From there, it moves to the small intestine and that's where digestive enzymes, as well as the bile from the liver, it cuts these nutrients into smaller pieces so then they can be absorbed into the bloodstream. I'd like to add one more point, Brian, um, and why saliva is so important. So basically, in a horse, you know, food is stewed and moistened with the saliva so it can easily be swallowed, which makes absolute sense. Um, saliva contains two very important substances, bicarbonate, which was something new to me, which acts as a buffer, like a neutralizer for, for the stomach acid, and an enzyme known as salivary amylase that starts breaking down, digesting starch into smaller pieces. So as we can see, saliva is very critical and this is why we highly recommend having roughage in terms of long stem hay or pasture and why chaff obviously will not work as well because because the chaff's already been, been chopped down into smaller pieces, the horse naturally cannot create enough saliva, which obviously then affects digestion. So, you know, we sound like a broken record that horses chop their own chaff this is a reason why they need to chop their own chaff eating hay, not chopping chaff even to smaller pieces or just gulping at it and not creating enough saliva to help with the digestion. Yeah, in that stomach environment with the acid rising, here's, a, here's another point with the ulcer medications and the acid pumps being turned off with that effect and why on a long-term use it's not a natural process for the horse because the stomach acid is required to activate digestive enzymes and help that protein digestion process get kicked, kick into gear. And if you're turning down the acid pumps and the acid levels in the stomach just to heal that lining for the ulcers, you're actually just robbing its ability to digest their feed properly. And short term, it, it may be okay, but in the long term, you see a lot of side effects that, that come from this and more research is developing just to identify this and work with these drugs and not rely on them. There's a lot of research probably coming out on, on human health obviously with, um, with leaky gut sort of slash ulcers and um, we've in our Sen Ulcer Protect product basically we've you know we've got as the main ingredient is, is collagen and I just want to go briefly into why collagen is important. Collagen is packed with huge servings of the types of amino acids our GI tract, which is our gut wall, feeds in order to, to repair itself. And they're glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline, which are the building blocks of our cells. So basically, in other words, the amino acids in collagen can feed our cells the nutrients that they need to grow and repair. So basically, these amino acids work great together to mend the damaged cells lining the wall of our gut and restore the integrity of the intestinal lining you know, reduce permeability or leakiness in our, in our gut barrier. And what collagen also does, it's shown to strengthen the gut by providing more resistance to the elastic stretch. This resistance is important as excessive stretching can gradually wear out tight junctions 
and cause intestinal cells to misalign or sit further apart, eventually leading to a, to a gut that is leaky. Yeah, that leaky gut occurs in that cecum and, and colon area of the hindgut, which is, yeah, which is collectively known as the hindgut of the horse. And this is where all the, um, the large fermentation happens in a horse and it has a residential population of good fiber fermenting bacteria. And these produce volatile fatty acids from the horse's feed. And then these are absorbed to create energy for your horse to use in performance or even just to exist. So having that hindgut area in good health by having a high fiber, low starch, low sugar uh, diet, you're going to be one step ahead in the whole digestive system process and really giving your horse a head start with their digestive health before reaching for any of those digestive supplements. Brian, it's, it's extremely well summarized. What's the next tip that we're gonna, um, that we're gonna go into? So the next tip is feeding hay before exercise. And probably another subline to this is not feeding grain four to five hours before exercising. So if our listeners can imagine if we have a bottle of water and let's just say the maximum is is a litre and, and then obviously, you know, like, like the minimum is zero, the acid probably sits at around about the 70, 75% mark in that, in that bottle. So as soon as the horse starts eating a grassy hay, that acid naturally secretes down slowly, slowly to, to obviously absorb that hay, get it broken down, digested, and, and all the nutrients to be stored. So by that horse having constant trickle feed in terms of the hay, that acid is, is under control. It's managed at a, at a safe level, and there's less chance of that acid obviously you know, getting splashed up into, into, into the lining and, and, and causing ulcers. So grassy hay is very important for exercise. Yeah, and the amounts depend on when your horse is last eaten. So if they're in the float going to a, an event, you can leave the grassy hay in there for them to, to nibble on. And even before the event, just grazing on a low sugar, low starch hay, one that you've brought from home because you don't want to keep switching your hays and buying it at the event is going to be of great benefit. So it's really important that that hay that you're feeding is not high in starch or high in sugar because that's going to bring an insulin response to your horse. And what insulin does is it actually has an effect on performance and horses that, are, that have high starch and sugars fed too close to an exercise they'll run out of their muscle energy supplies and fatigue quickly because they haven't used their fat stores because the insulin stops fat burning at that point when the horse needs the ability to use it for energy. And that's same for humans too, Brian, it, in terms of if we do a, a fast, you know, like a 24 hour fast, which, which you and I sometimes do, when we don't eat, say for the 12 hours or 13 hours, then our body starts, starts burning all that stored fat in, in our body. Um, so the longer we don't eat, the longer our body starts burning the fat. And then as soon as we start eating any sort of food, that, that conversion switches over and our body starts burning the food rather than the stored fat. I would like to add one more point, um, and it's actually probably going to be a, a sixth tip here, maybe on top of what we discussed, is to know that your horse is getting enough hay before work, we highly recommend having a hay bag that never runs out. By having a hay bag in the stable, the horse is constantly going to be eating throughout a 24 hour cycle. 
So on the contrary, by giving it you know, one or two biscuits of hay, that horse might gulp that in two hours and it's got nothing for the remainder six or seven hours where a hay bag basically that gets filled with three or four biscuits, that horse will constantly be trickling on it all night. So when you do take it out and exercise it in the morning, chances are that horse has got plenty of hay um, in, its, you know, in its stomach. When a horse needs to access their glycogen and fat stores to fuel their muscles during exercise, they need to not have that insulin response from the high starch and the high sugars. So yeah, as Pete said, one strategy is having that grassy hay available all time. So you just, you're not gonna run into those problems. Well, you won't have to remember, or, or you know, our listeners may need to stress, you know, how many biscuits have my horse had? You know, when did my horse eat the last biscuit? It's just, yeah, it really complicates it and you're flirting with danger. Yeah, it has that saliva stimulation and it provides that fill to the stomach. So then it protects it from those gastric ulcers and, and helps limit them in times of stress at the event. Brian, let's, let's move right along with the, with the next tip. What would you like to cover next? Yep, so the final digestive tip that we have is watch the horse's water intake. And by that, we mean we need to always have that thirst activation and hydration with the horse. And the best way to do is monitor your horse's drinking habits, but then ensure those drinking habits by providing salt per day and then electrolytes on top. Especially more so, Brian, in, in the summertime, which we're heading into, into right now. Um, a lot of people might know or might not know is that um, salt needs to be fed at, at least 10 grams per, per 100 kilograms for a maintenance level. And, and then a product like the Scent Complete Electrolyte on the, on the day that the horse's exercise to replace the sweat that the horse has lost. But one step forward is the horse needs that sodium and chloride to push that water into the cells to maintain hydration. We do need the water around the cells, but it's far more important to, to have that water pushed into the cells. And that's where a product like the Sen Electrolyte comes in. Also, 2% dehydration in a horse affects 10% performance in a horse. So more so for performance horses, there, there's a stigma where, you know, like they're feeding every supplement, you know, under the, under the sun and, you know, iron and, and, and performance enhancing this, performance enhancing that. It doesn't matter what supplements you give them. If your horse is 2% dehydrated, no supplement in the world will make them perform 10% better. So it's the cheapest form of, of performance enhancing, water we mean, um, and it's one that needs to be you know, kept an eye on throughout the whole year. Yeah, 100%, Peter. And the reduction in colic risk also with correct water intake, because the, the gut can become drier and be highly prone to impact colic if there's not enough water to help with that digestive process. So. Yeah, you're limiting your risk of colic or that impaction type colic by keeping the horse well hydrated. And if there aren't any listeners out there who, you know, along the generations have, have had a mentor or a, or a trainer or, or an educator that's, that's told them to, to draw water or, or, you know, cut water the night before competition or anything like that, you know, perish that thought because it's just, it's, it's absolutely dangerous for a horse and we can guarantee you that your horse will be dehydrated if you, if you do take the water away the night before a competition. So that summarises the tips that we want to try and convey to horse owners to tick that digestive health box and make that the foundation. So it's allowing your horse access to roughage at all times, a, a grassy hay that's low sugar, low starch. Feed smaller meals where possible or feed meals that are 
higher in fiber, lower in starch, lower in sugar, and avoid overdoing the grains and overloading that stomach portion and small intestine digestion. The next tip was to feed hay before exercise and not overdo the grains and sugars and starches before exercise. And then last, the last tip was the water intake and ensuring that with your horse. Brian, I'd like to just give my two cents worth in terms of the gut supplements that are, that are on the market. And what we tried to do today is just to show our listeners that you should really only reach out for the gut supplement unless you have a major problem. And if we take one step back as well, if our horse has a gut problem, let's look at what's causing it. And a lot of the time, it could be diet related, it could be stress related, it could be stress related, or it could be both of those above. So, you know, there's many gut supplements, and, and there are many you know companies flogging gut supplements. We have a gut supplement as well, but we'd rather do the diet prevention first. Let's get the diet absolutely right, because nine times out of ten, when you get your diet right, there will not be a need to reach out for that supplement. It's it's only probably at a you know at a at an elite level where the horse is about to go into competition. Maybe Brian can summarize where we would use a, a gut supplement. But the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, it's not okay to feed a high starch meal, you know, poor quality pasture or no pasture, and then think we're gonna fix the problem by getting a gut supplement. It's like it's like us having diabetes and we're gonna keep eating what's causing the diabetes. And then we're going to take insulin shots and then think that in, in, in two years' time, we're going to be really healthy. Yeah, that's a really good point, Peter. You, you're wasting your money in all aspects, buying a gut supplement and feeding wrongly or feeding the wrong diet for a horse that's going to create the problems of digestive problems Then trying to stop those problems with, with a gut supplement because it's an expensive process and a very risky one if you don't get it right. So getting the foundations right first, you're going to ensure that digestive health and particularly the hindgut health is in its best state. And then to get ultimate performance and to help the horse cope in events and travel, then you can reach for those gut supplements to really help that hindgut deal with the stress. Or, or even work at its optimum, you know, optimum level in that high stressful environment. And one last point, Brian, I'll, I'll make on what you just said, and, and you summarized it very well, is if our listeners are feeding a very poor diet and if they have to get the gut supplement, you're gonna to have to keep buying a gut supplement for years on end if you don't fix the cause of the problem. So what we're trying to say is, well, let's look at what's causing a problem. Let's try to fix the cause. And if we can do it through nutrition, you know, financially, your wallet's gonna be so much better off and you can use that money to spend on yourself or you can use it to to, you know, to spend it on something that you need rather than spending it on a problem that possibly could be avoided through proper nutrition. Yeah, 100%. You, you'll have more money in your pocket to buy another horse. Or to buy more scent products. <laughs> That's another way. To... <laughs> we might have a merchandise store coming next, next year. So. <laughs> a few things in the pipeline, yeah. right? Yeah, so we hope that really helps you understand the digestive process of the horse. It's quite complex, but and it's quite big that whole sort of process in a horse and you can see how parts or elements if they're not corrected or getting their foundation right you're going to run into a lot of problems because when we feed we feed something for a reason and if we're not working with the horse's physiology and working against it you're just running the risk of conditions metabolic problems in the future look if any of our listeners are still confused after after hearing all that 
We do offer a free diet analysis. There's a big red button on our website. I think there's 10 or 11 very simple questions. Um, we try to turn them around within 24 hours. So it's a free service. There's no obligation. We're not going to, you know, sort of, you know, hold a gun to your head about using the same products. It's it's just something we're doing to to give back. And you know, confusion is is everywhere. Everyone's you know telling a different story, selling a different product. So by getting an independent opinion on 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 what we recommend, you can take that and then and then you know put it to your own use. Yeah, we treat each horse as an individual. We work with many clients around Australia, trying to work with them with their horse's environment, not necessarily if they want to keep a particular feed or, or something they, they want in that, or they can only access in their location, we'll work with them and try and improve that whole nutrient profile of their horse's diet. And time and time again, we're improving the horse's health Look, your horse is going to tell you whether things are right or whether things are wrong. You know, like symptoms are going to pop up, just like you know, with humans, you know, symptoms pop up, and when we're not feeling good, we got headaches. If if our stools aren't one hundred percent, horses are the same. So, when you see something's not right, it's it's very important to address it and to get to the cause of the problem rather than just treating a symptom with a with a gut health supplement. Let's find out what's causing that actual problem and and knock it on the head before it gets you know before it gets too big. Yeah, and nine times out of ten, you'll save money simplifying Correct. it and getting that foundation right so yeah get in contact with us share this podcast with with all your friends we really value your support that you've given us throughout the year and particularly in this podcast series that we've put together where we're looking to improve and do more interviews and really drill down into specific disciplines and experts in the field next year we've got a few exciting things on the horizon and yeah peter and i we really value the feedback and even the phone calls to the office that really say that we're having a, a positive impact in the horse's health brian i think we should as well just thank our clients for that for their support throughout this year obviously this is coming to an end pretty quickly um Maybe I'd like to wish everyone Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And maybe you can let them know as well our, our closing times as well. Yeah, so online orders all through Christmas. We've got our little Santa elves they'll be dispatching. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that, that's going to not stop. So if you, if you run out or your produce store is, has, is low in stock over the Christmas period, you can just jump online. All our stores probably are just closed over Christmas and, and just in the New Year period. Um, for our local SEN, SEN group around our local area here, um, we don't have pickup available until yeah, January 11th. 11th is our first yeah. day back. But if you do run out, just jump online. We'll be able to dispatch it really quickly over the, the period. And hopefully there's a nice present under your tree. Yeah, for bigger, you know, there'll be bigger and better things next year. Um, yep. And we are very grateful for, for this year. It's gone so quick with everything that's, that's happened. And we're looking forward to, to, to hit the ground running next year. Yep. So that about wraps this podcast up. Thanks again, everyone. You know how to get in contact with us. We're happy to answer any questions. And Peter and I will see you next year on our next podcast series. And we'll probably kick off with the also one next year because it's going to be a big one. We'll do our research over the, yeah. over the Christmas and New Year's break, Ryan. We'll put yeah. our thinking caps on and, and, and you know, provide some valuable information. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Cheers.